If you return with me in your Bibles again to Ephesians chapter 5, I appreciate Mason preaching last Lord's Day, picking up with our study in Ephesians 5 today. Picking up in verse 11, with verse 11, and reading through verse 14. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. This is God's word. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And as God's word, let's pray. Lord, help us again as we turn our attention to your word, that you would be our helper and our teacher through the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the opportunity again given to us to sit at your feet, uh, to hear your word, to study it, to ponder it, to meditate on it, to think through it. And we pray that you give us grace today to be able to understand it aright, to see it as it is, and to apply it to our lives as our need may become evident. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we've seen, this is a very practical and very personal section of the book of Ephesians. Really since the, the book, uh, really since chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4, uh, Paul has been talking about the difference that our faith in Christ is to make in our lives. Uh, as we've seen, true saving faith is life-changing. If there's no change, we need to ask ourselves, is there really faith? True faith in Christ, faith that comes from being born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, changes your life. It changes what you think, changes what you say, it changes what you do. In fact, the contrast between a believer and an unbeliever throughout the Bible, especially in these latter chapters of Ephesians, is quite stark. Now, you might find that to be a bit peculiar, because in evangelical Christianity today, as we look across the broad spectrum of it, many times we don't see a big difference, do we? Between the life of an unbeliever, a professing unbeliever, and the life of a professing believer. Many times their lifestyles tend to blend instead of there being this kind of stark distinction that the Bible says there ought to be. And that's not a compliment to the unbeliever. That's an indictment on believers. The Bible says that as believers we're not to be conformed to the ways of the world. But we're to be transformed, changed into something different. Now Paul describes that contrast in this section of Ephesians 5 uh, through the difference between the light and the dark. Those who are in Christ are light. 
those who are apart from Christ, the Bible says, are darkness. And the light that we have, of course, is the light of Christ or the presence of Christ shining through our lives. And therefore, we are to be allowing the light of Christ to illuminate our lives so that others might be able to see Christ in us, a reflection of His glory, the light of Christ manifesting itself through us. What that means in a practical sense is we put off ungodly behavior and put on godly behavior. We, we turn away from disobedience and we put on obedience. Uh, in, in a world of sin, a world of the darkness of sin that is all around us, a darkness that keeps getting deeper and darker, we are to shine the bright light of Christ. That means wherever you are, in your home, in your school, in your workplace, in your social settings, in your neighborhood, in your church, others ought to be able to see the light of Christ in your life. You know, Jesus said it. He said it this way, you are the light of the world. And so as we begin this morning, I would just ask that question, are you? I have to ask that question of myself. Am I? Are we being the light of the world? As people see us, do we reflect the light of Christ? Do they see something different in us, in our attitudes, in our words, in our actions? Do they see something different because of Christ being in our lives? In our text this morning, Paul continues that discussion of the light and the dark. And he tells us more about how we can be that light. He gives us two ways. And the first way that he gives us as to how we can be the light of the world here is by living what I'm calling a balanced life. A balanced life. We find an exhortation in verse 11 that gives us the balance that we're to seek as we seek to be the, the light of Christ. And the first part of that uh, admonition in verse 11 is negative. It tells us what not to do. It says, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. That's a straight command. The text says, do not, do not do this. Now, once again, we see this strong contrast developed. Look back to verse 8. Where Paul said, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And then back to verse 11. The connection is, and since you are light, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. The deeds are the works of unbelievers, these deeds of darkness. What Paul warned us against earlier back in Verses 3 and 4, immorality, impurity, greed. Verse 4, filthiness, silly talk, coarse jesting. In those verses, Paul said those kinds of things don't fit in the life of a Christian. They're not proper. They shouldn't even be named among us, the text says. 
See, those are a reflection of the, the deeds of darkness. They aren't to be a part of those of us who have the light of Christ. And, and notice in our text, in verse 11, he describes those deeds of darkness as unfruitful. They don't bear fruit. They're, they're not beneficial. They're not helpful. They don't encourage people. They don't lift people up. They are unfruitful, not worthy of commendation or praise. Now, as believers, you know, we're in a, we're in a tricky situation. One of the last words that Jesus gave to his disciple was, go and make disciples of all the nations. Well, you can't go and make disciples of all the nations if you're not in the nations. You, you can't change the world if you're not in the world. And, and that's, that's the tricky situation the Bible gives us. We're to be in the world, but we're not to be of the world. Now, that's hard. You, you college students, again, I hate to pick on you, but you know. You live it. You live it. Those of you who are going, you'll find it to be true. It's so hard. Because the world tries to press us into its mold. And the more we resist the mold of the world, the more ridicule is put upon us because of it. And so it's a tricky situation. We're to be in the world. And yet we're not to allow the, the world to impress its values, its morals, its principles upon us. But rather we are to change the little world in which God places us. Wherever that might be, our, our, our lives are to make a difference where God puts us in it tells us here we're not to participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. Again, the Bible says that the world tries to make us like itself. And as Christians, we have a choice. We can be conformists or we can be transformers. We can simply give in and give up and, tra- and conform to the ways of the world, or we can try to to change it, to transform it in what little way we can by the life that we live. And that's given to us individually as Christians. It's given to us corporately as the church. The church is to be an agent of change and not a victim of conformity. But again, as we look at it, the broad spectrum of evangelical Christianity, many times we find the church not being much different. We find the church patterning the ways of the world many times instead of being something that is different. Now, I know that many times that's done with good intentions. People trying to be more like the world in order to reach the world. That's not the biblical pattern. Biblical says we're to be different. We're not to be like the world. We're to be holy as he is holy, and as the text says, not even to participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. And the second part of that exhortation is positive. It tells us what we are to do. End of verse 11. It says, but instead, we are even to expose them. That is, as believers, as the light of Christ, we are to expose these unfruitful deeds 
of darkness. We just can't keep our heads in the sand and pretend that the evil around us doesn't exist. To keep quiet about sin is to encourage its increase. Not to call sin, sin, is just to put your stamp of approval on it. Many times the only way that we can expose the darkness of sin is by shining the light, the gospel, on it. I'm sure that all of us at some point in time have had a problem with roaches. I got some response out of that. Either in your home or in your garage or in your shed or on your porch. When do you see the roach? It's when you turn the light on. Isn't it? And what do they do when exposed to the light? They scurry. They run to find another dark You see, that's the way it is with the life of a Christian. We illumine the, 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 the world around us. We show what is right, what is morally proper, what is appropriate and good. And in doing so, we expose, as the Bible says, we expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness. You shine your light upon the darkness of sin. And then Paul adds a caution to that in verse 12, where he says, For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. We're not even to speak of, of the things that are done by them in secret. We're not even just to, not to participate in them, as he says in verse 11. But we're not even to speak of that he says in verse 12. What an indictment on our culture. We hear open talk today about things that ought not even be mentioned in public. And our government even promotes those things that the Bible describes as the unfruitful deed of darkness. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that we would live in a world in in our own country, a society that openly promotes those who present themselves as transgender and seek to protect their rights at the expense of those who seek to live by godly principles. You know, our culture just does that. Look at TV, in the movies, just in normal talk. We, we talk about such things as immorality, adultery, homosexuality, and now transgender, as though they're just a part of life that we are to accept as normal. Those things that once were done in secret now open for all to see. The Bible says those things are sin. 
and not to call them sin is to go against the teaching of God's word we live in a society not only does not call these things sin but now claims that they are acceptable forms of behavior now we are people who have the gospel we're people who not only are to proclaim the gospel but we're to live out the gospel and and as we live out the gospel we're to be giving hope to those who have wandered off into various paths of sin and our lives of the bright light of Christ are to seek to draw them to the Savior and we need to be careful that we seek to do that as well well the second way Paul gives us to be the light of the world here the first was by living a balanced life and the second is by living by the truth of God's word now it's not said explicitly but it's clearly there implicitly in verse 13 he says this but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light for everything that becomes visible is light now we've talked about uh, being the light of the world and and allowing the the light of Christ to shine through us and that all sounds very good doesn't it It, Jesus said you're the light of the world how do we do that well Jesus said you know one of the ways is by our good works you are the light of the world people see your good works and then they glorify your father who is in heaven what does that mean what do we know about is about good works well we are the light of Christ as we live by the teaching of God's word it's interesting how many times the bible calls itself a form of light. And I want you to look at that with me. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look to several verses for just a moment. Turn with me to Psalm 19 to begin. We're talking about how we're to shine as the light of Christ by living out what the Bible teaches. Psalm 19 and verse 8. says the precepts of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart the commandment of the pure is of the Lord is pure and what does it do it enlightens the eyes or enables us to see God's word enables us gives us light to see what is right and what is wrong Psalm 36 and verse 9 says this for with you is the fountain of life in your light we see light over to Psalm 119 all of Psalm 119 it's the longest chapter in the Bible all of Psalm 119 focuses in some way upon the scriptures upon the word of God Psalm 119 verse 105 familiar verse your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path and then if you look down to verse 130 
The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The unfolding of your words gives light. And so as we live according to the truth of God's word, it shines the bright light of Christ. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6. And verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is a light, and reproofs for discipline are the way of life. The commandment, the word of God is a lamp, its teaching is light, it says. And then one more, if you go to Hebrews chapter 4. Another familiar passage, we refer to it often. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intention of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Context there is the word of God. And the word of God lays all things bare and open in the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So what is Paul saying here in verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 5 where he tells us all things become visible and they're exposed by the light. We could read it this way, I think. All things become visible when they're exposed by the light of God's Word. And the more that we live out God's Word, the more light we shine in the darkness of the world around us. One more verse, if you look back to Proverbs chapter 4. And verse 28. Excuse me, verse 18. Just a little aside, I missed a few numbers this morning, and that's because I think my, my eyes are getting better and my glasses are getting worse. <laughs> that's a good thing. So I need my glasses adjusted. I'm having difficulty seeing uh, with them on. Um, chapter 4 of Proverbs, verse 18. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter unto the full day. You hear that? The path or the life of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. And then finally we come in our text, verse 14, which is an invitation it's a call to those who are in the darkness to come out and into the light. This verse is actually a reference to Isaiah 60, verse 1, which says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It talks here about a sleeper. Awake sleeper. Who is that sleeper? A sleeper is described in the next phrase where it says, And arise, from the dead. Those who are asleep here are those who are still dead in their trespasses and sin. 
It goes back and refers to those we saw Paul described in chapter 2 of Ephesians. Verses 1 and 3, where he says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You walked at that time in the course of the world, and according to the prince of the power of the air. And you walked in the lust of your flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. This is a call to those who are asleep, those who are spiritually dead, to wake up and to come back to life. You see, Romans 1 says that the gospel is a power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And this is what the Bible says. To those who are asleep, the gospel comes and only shakes them, trying to wake them up out of their stupor so they can see the error of their ways and turn to Christ. The gospel is a source of new life that comes to those who are dead in sin, causes them to be born again, that they can seek then the face of Christ. And there's a wonderful promise at the end of the verse 14. It says, And Christ will shine on you. Been talking about us being the light of the world. And the reality is that when we come to faith in Christ, when we wake from our spiritual stupor, when we're born again from our spiritual death, the light of Christ shines on us. We don't have any light of our own, do we? It's only the light of Christ that shines through us. And it's as He shines His light on us, as we come to faith and He shines the brightness of His light on us, that we experience the wonder of His grace. What a beautiful day. What makes it beautiful? What's shining out there today is the brightness of the sun. And when you go outside after the service, you're going to be able to feel it. And you'll know it. And you'll experience it. The brightness of the sun is going to shine on you. And the truth of the gospel is the brightness of the S-O-N sun. The Son of God shines on those who trust in Him. And it warms our souls. It encourages us. It lifts our spirits because we have the light of Christ it shines on us. Folks, that's the message we have of the world. We have the message of a Savior who has His arms wide open to receive to Himself those who do not know Him, who are still spiritually dozing, who are asleep in their sin, who are dead in their transgressions. In Christ, our Savior has His arms open to welcome all who will come to Him. That's the hope we have for the world that lives in darkness. That the light of Christ will shine on them. And one of the ways He does is by seeing them seeing the light of Christ in us. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much again for Your Word and we pray Your blessing upon our application of it this morning. Give us grace and give us peace and give us mercy as we seek to live our lives faithfully before you as we try to be the light of the world. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.